Hi everyone, my name is Sofia Huerta and I play professional soccer for the OL Reign and you are listening to Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Hello everybody and welcome back to the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. I am not alone today. Yay. Woo. Bennett here, Omari here, full gang. Um, this is episode 85 of the podcast. Uh, we are in this very unique part of the year. We're in almost mid-July and it's like the Seahawks are kind of creeping up the Mariners are just now at the all-star break and um, I mean unless Omari wants to join it'll be Bennett and I on a sort of all-star recap we're gonna have to take a look back at uh, some of the things we predicted and uh, thought we might see at the beginning of the year Um, I'm guessing you have that written down already that's next year I mean next week Oh, okay. Fantastic. Uh, I know that the uh, technically the Mariners start back up on the 16th, which is kind of odd. Usually there's a bigger break, but regardless, it'll be next week. Um, the Sounders are kind of hitting an international break, but they'll still be having games. Uh, the Storm are about to hit Olympic break, and they won't be back in action until August. Now, the rain are still going on, but they will have uh, international. I mean, they'll have uh, some sort of an international thing as well. So there's a lot going on, um, but we're still mostly hitting a lot of gears. So let's get into Seahawks here. Um, not really too much going on with the Seahawks. I mean, the, the main thing that we have this week for the Seahawks is that the Seahawks announced plans for summer fan activities. Uh, the Seahawks are going to have a welcome home week from September 12th through 19th including both in-person and virtual activities for fans to get involved, um, which is interesting. I'm sure it's sort of just a ramp-up thing, um, especially considering how the season went last year. I'm sure that the NFL, as well as, as, well as the Seattle Seahawks, are trying to um, – what's the word I'm looking for? Just get back revenue that was, in air quotes, lost, despite the fact that the NFL is a billion-dollar um, <laughs> conglomerate. Uh, the other summer fan activities will include its annual 12 tour starting on July 16th featuring Blitz. I know Bennett really wants to go see Blitz. Um, some cheerleaders, some Seahawks legends, and some players. Those are always interesting. They're always cool to uh, have some fans and you know some of the younger fans uh, be able to meet some of the players in person. Um, I know that they will have an event for 21 and over fans at the Elysian Brewing Hall in Capitol Hill. So, I mean, that's cool, I guess. Uh, training camp will be back. There will be 12 total public training camp practices that will be open to fans starting on July 28th and spanning until August 12th. Uh, the team will host a special offsite practice at Lumen Field on August 8th. Um, fans are not required to wear a mask or prove vaccination status. Uh, registration for spring training uh, <laughs> training camp begins at 10 a.m. Pacific time on July 14th. That's about it. I mean, there's not really much news coming out of the Seahawks camp. Um, nothing too big. I mean, there's a couple articles about potential candidates to be cut uh, over training camp, but that's just Bleach Report putting out articles. Um, so, I mean, there's not really too much going on. I know that Jamal Adams' contract talks have been slow still. Um, there's not really much going on in Seahawks land right now, which isn't the worst thing considering the busy things that we had to pay attention to earlier in the off season. I'm sure you guys remember that. Um, 
so yeah league news uh the xfl and cfl partnership talks are off the leagues decided to not pursue a formal partnership but are open to working together in the future so whatever sort of partnership was in the works is on hold um the next closest thing really for us to pay attention to is training camp and that'll include both practices and position battles as always as well as some pretty big potential contract extensions um so there'll be that to look forward to but there's really not much going on in seahawks land unless i I missed something did did we miss anything oh yeah bobby wagner retired shut up yep okay guys we have an announcement bennett is no longer part of the podcast he he just fell down a flight of gummy stairs and just didn't get back up so crazy how like bobby wagner had anybody that told him he was gonna retire and he personally called bennett to let him know (laughs) (laughs) he said hey i'm giving you the scoop yeah bennett's are uh on the ground on the uh in the house uh seahawks reporter he I'm just in, like uh, I'm in the clubhouse 24/7. The clubhouse. <laughs> they don't know I'm there. I snuck in in a laundry cart and I kind of just sit there. And it listen. sounds like something that would happen in a bad action movie. No, it's like a sports movie. It's like the movie about the kid who wants to be a reporter. So he's oh yeah, and, and then they the like throw. Is... They like one of the the shots is them throwing one of the workout towels on the the laundry cart and, and it like helps little... you. And then and then oh you mean like uh be like Mike? <laughs> kind of. Uh, I was thinking it was more like the coach is like, I like your gumption, kid. You're our head reporter at the end. Something like that. And they always use that kind of word. And me, I'm it's Brady Henderson. That's me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Brady Henderson story. <laughs> we you know, we're going to we're going to continue with the things that are in the realm of reality. How about podcasts? Yeah, let's do that. Uh, Seattle Mariners, uh, they played their last week of games prior to the All-Star break. Uh, they started off with their three-game series against the New York Yankees. Uh, in the first game against the Brox Bombers on the July 6th match, match, uh, the team would lose in bombing fashion, 12-1. to uh, Player of the game would be first baseman Ty France, uh, two hits and one RBI. Good for France. Um, July 7th versus the Yankees, the team would drop that game 5-4, to four, a much closer game but still a frustrating one um, after being down in the ninth inning by one run and not being able to get the one run. Uh, player of the game would be catcher Tom Murphy with two hits, one run, three RBIs, and a walk. I'd say that game was more frustrating than the twelve to one. Oh yeah, I mean, you, you go into the you go in that game with Chef on the bump, and unfortunately, you know, he hasn't been the greatest lately. Um, so you kind of expect that, but then you got the next day. Who was that, Marco? Yes, I think Marco. I mean, he had a little bit of a nosebleed early on, but he was able to kind of stop it a little bit. Yeah, three. I think it was three and three when he walked off the bump. So, I mean, it could. Oh been- yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, I mean, at the end of the day, that one hurt a little more because you feel it felt like we had enough gas to get past that lead, but unfortunately, it didn't happen. Yeah, it was kind of a. I mean, to to speak on justice, it was. It's kind of been at least with pitching, it's been a tale of two different types of pitchers, two different classes. Oh, yeah. We've got Chris Flexen, Logan Gilbert, and Yusei Kikuchi in your starting pitchers. And then you look over at the year that Marco and Justin Sheffield are having. Justin Dunn's kind of an outlier just because of... Well, injuries, and he's been pretty he's, easy to, to even be on the bump, you know? Yeah, so it's... it's We've had a... And then if we look at the injuries, you know, you speak on injuries. James Paxton, 
you know, just really didn't even get it to really get out of the gate. Um, so yeah, that'll, we'll have to focus in on that more. Yeah. Uh, next week, but it's, it's, it's interesting to look at that and just see who's performing and who's not right now and how we thought about that prior to the year. And again, I'll definitely touch on this next week too. But if you told me that Marco Gonzalez was going to be amongst one of our worst pitchers, I'd slap you in the face. <laughs> um, in the July 8th game on a Thursday versus the Yankees, the team would close out that series with a 4 nothing win. Player of the game would have to be pitcher Logan Gilbert. Uh, seven innings pitched. He only allowed one hit. Uh, obviously, zero earned runs, no walks, and eight Ks. So, I mean, he's, he, you take away the hit, you're flirting with a perfect game. Seriously. Um, Logan was the guy when he and Jared Kelnick got called up. I was when I I thought both of them were a little early, but I thought Gilbert more so simply because he hadn't really had a bunch of triple A outings. But he after having a little bit of a rough start, he's really kind of settled in. And if you're able to, you know, get these Gilbert has been a pitching prospect that has been touted highly. Um, you're able to get these guys and they're able to translate to the MLB level. I mean, especially against a, an offense like New York, I know they haven't been consistent this year, but you're still looking at guys like Aaron judge and Giancarlo Stan Stanton was the one who had the hit in that game. Um, guys like Gary Sanchez and Glaber Torres can still hit uh, Luke Voigt had a great series. Uh, and you hold those guys to one hit. That's pretty solid. So you avoid getting swept. Um, and ultimately I'm not exactly like, pissed off that you lose that series you know i don't think it was that big of a deal considering again that for two years i've had i think we're on at least if we're looking at it through my eyes we're still on track because again i am not putting the house down on making the playoffs this year we're ahead of track we're ahead of schedule yeah i was expecting us to go into the all-star break somewhere where the rockies are um but to look at that Yankee series, I think the only disappointment I had is that when you look at the uh, um, God, I can't talk. Yankees followed by the A's or Angels, I should say. Hmm. You ostensibly could be walking into the All Star break, flirting with ten games above a hundred. Yeah, uh, yeah. So to lose to drop that um, five to four. Yeah, to drop that five to four, a little annoying, but. Obviously, we'll get to the Angels series. That was a big redeemer for me. Uh, July 9th versus the Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, <laughs> the team won seven to three. Uh, player of the game would be DH Mitch Hanniger. Uh, two hits, four RBIs, one run, one walk. He had the go ahead grand slam in the eighth inning, I believe. Um, but with this game, I would be remiss if I did not speak on the <laughs> urban legend of the rally kid now if so if you know me you know that i work at the stadium right when this was happening i had no idea what was going on i just saw that this kid was on the big screen and they put the kid on the big screen all the time well not that kid but you know what i mean they put kids on the big screen they'll do the fucking floss or whatever and the camera always goes crazy for the floss huh. um no matter what like it could be anyone flossing and be like put that guy on put that guy on now write that down write that down um so that happened and then they just kept they kept putting him on the screen he just they just kept going and like fans were going crazy uh the bases get loaded up mitch hanniger slams that ball um 
in the deep uh, left center. And I believe uh, it's like Ken, I think Kendall Graven came in and shut the door. Um, so that was, that was a, that was a ride. That was a ride and a half um, that took place in that game. Um, and then we get into the July 10th game versus the angels. Uh, the team would win two to nothing. Um, before I get to players of game for that game, uh, before the game, the Mariners brought the rally kid out. They had him watch BP in person. Um, and then several players came over. Mitch Hanniger brought him a custom rally kid Jersey. Uh, JP Crawford came and talked to him. Shed Long came and talked to him. He talked with Logan Gilbert. Uh, he talked to a lot of people it, and they really, you know, they got him going. He did the floss for them. So good for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was really interesting because I mean, even before rally kid, this, the crowds have been great. The atmosphere has been great. You know, the team's on a pretty good pace. I mean, if you keep winning series, that's all that matters. You know, you don't have to sweep everybody. That's pretty impossible. Um, but I mean, to continue to have that and to have something like that rally kid, I mean, really, when you think about that kid, right, he's going to go back to school in the fall. Like, what did you guys do this summer? You know, it's not as, not as cool as what that guy did. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, but part of the game, play of the game for the July 10th game. I split it with uh, DH Luis Torrent. He had two hits, an RBI, and a walk. He had his second career triple to drive in a run. Um, and Chris Flexen has to be included. Uh, seven innings pitch, three hits, zero runs, and six Ks. This was a pretty s- slow game um, because I believe it was Sandoval for the Angels came in, and he pitched a great game for them. Um, it just, you give up two runs, which ultimately isn't horrible, but when Chris Flexen's out there, uh, at home and it gives you a gem like that, that's ultimately those two runs are the decider. Um, and then the July 11th game, which is the last game of that series and the last game before the all-star break, uh, versus the angels, it was a bullpen day and Hector Santiago started the game. He didn't have a horrible game. I believe he only gave up the one run, um, to, to give it a tie at one, one. And then after that, um, parts of the bullpen just fell apart. Uh, Rafael Montero had a rough outing, um, player of the game. I give it to JP. He had a hit and a run. Uh, he was the, the one run that we had in that game. So not, I mean, not, I guess the ideal way to go into the all-star break, but not, you know, the end of the world. Um, you're sitting at five games above high 500, at the halfway point of the season, you are 48 and 43, third in the AL West. Uh, like Bennett said, um, I think you're ahead of schedule right now. I really do. Uh, I know that not everything's hitting on all cylinders. Um, I don't know why people get so – that's going to stick with me for a while is people get so upset that Kelnick got sent down um, – initially like he just didn't come up and just stay up like Mike I always have to look at this there are so many guys who are stars in the MLB right now who did not come up and just stick immediately like Mike Trout that guy who's pretty damn good he got sent back down immediately Alex Bregman who's pretty good and I don't want to admit it because he's an astro he got sent down time and time again um so you know I just I think that's ridiculous 
but we'll kind of get to call-ups in a minute. Um, let's get to player of the week. Uh, player of the week, it is not J.P. Crawford for me, surprisingly. J.P. didn't have the greatest last week. Uh, I had to give it to Mitch Hanniger in right field. Uh, 21 In 21 at-bats, he had six hits, six runs, two homers, uh, five RBIs, 12 total bases, two walks, a 286 average, a 400 flat OBP, a 571 slugging percentage, and a 971 OPS. Not the greatest stat line in the world, um, but you know, Mitch, Mitch has been a guy who's had a great year, a uh, great first half, um, and has been a really key part of this ball club. Uh, Bennett, who do you have for player of the week for this last week, um, the final week for the All-Star break? Gotta give it to Mitch. Mitch. Um, I think he's been my MVP of many weeks now. I usually, uh, except for the weeks where you do Mitch, and I'm like, well, now I gotta choose like the glamour <laughs> player who did something cool. But this week, Mitch did something cool, and he was the most consistently best player. So, like... Consensus pick. Consensus pick. I got to go for good old Mitch. Uh, Now, what's interesting is all this talk about J.P. Crawford not being an all-star. I think it's a little wild that Mitch isn't either, and Mitch wasn't even in the running. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, sure, you know what, J.P. kind of makes sense. I'll say it. I'll be the first Mariners fan to say it. It makes sense. That shortstop field... He's pretty stacked. Fucking stacked. I mean, you got Trevor Story. Wait, is he in our league? Yeah. No, he's in the NL. No, wait, no, he's not. You got Tatis, though, right? AL? Nope. He's in the oh, NL. Who's the Who's their AL guy? That, oh. Uh, Z- Xander, no. Bogarts. Bogarts and Correa. Yeah. And um, even if looking at the NL, they're even more stacked. I guess that doesn't super matter. But because um, Lindor is also in there, too. But. You just you have this crazy stacked. I was thinking Lindor this entire time. I forgot that he moved to the Mets. Got this crazy stacked field of players that are just ridiculously good. And you know Crawford is a fantastic, fantastic defensive shortstop. But you're not going to beat some of these guys because they can have a more consistent offensive output. But then you look at Mitch who's been killing it all year, and he's a comeback player. It's a little bit of a wonder why I didn't get a little more attention for all-star voting, but I guess it's because Seattle's not a huge market. He's a man. Yeah, we, don't get, we, don't get, we don't get those votes. Not, not since 2001, I don't think. No, kind of died off. Uh, this is always the sucky part. It's the injury time. Uh, July 7th, there were two moves that related to injuries. Uh, Eric Swanson returned from his rehab assignment as reinstated from the 10 day IL uh, with his right groin strain and a Mr. Justice Sheffield uh, was placed on the 10 day IL with a left forearm strain. Um, so it's always interesting with pitchers when you see him in a funk, it's like, is the guy injured? Is he in his head? Um, gotta think it's both with chef. You know? Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's gotta be in his head. Um, so I'm hoping that this different sort of all-star break, because I, I don't know, I feel like it was always longer, but again, I digress. Um, hoping that and the 10 dial IL stint are able to kind of maybe have them reset things and refocus. Because um, after the all-star break, 
the team is going to a five-man rotation as announced by Scott Service. So um going to kind of need that because unless you acquire somebody at the trade deadline uh, that would contribute to the rotation, which I wouldn't be mad at, just depending on the return, of course, um, they look at Justice as a guy, I'm sure, who they want to be as part of the rotation. So I'm um, hoping that he's able to get things together. Um, in team... Hmm? Oh, that was the sound of my charging cord. My bad. Oh, <laughs> uh, in team related news on July 9th. See, see this is always funny. Uh, the Mariners sent right-handed pitcher Damon Cassetta Stubbs to Cleveland as the player to be named later in the Jake Bowers trade. It's always interesting to see who the player to be named later ends up being in these trades, just because I don't know. Player to be named later is such an interesting concept to me. It's like, oh, we don't know who we're going to give you, but we'll give you somebody. Don't worry. Um, July 11th, Cal Raleigh was selected from AAA Tacoma, and he did make his AAA debut. No, his major league debut that game. He did not register a hit, so we will still have to wait for that. But in his first at-bat, he did record a eight-pitch at-bat um, and really worked the count. And he was a guy that worked with a lot of the pitchers that you saw in that bullpen day. So um, I think mm-hmm. that was a confidence booster to put him out there that day. Um, but more than likely, this is not just a one-day thing, obviously. I believe that um, – oh, yeah, injury-related news. Kyle Seeger um, was a scratch from the uh, – oh, shoot, one second. July 10th game versus the Angels, and they put Dylan Moore there in third, which is was weird to see. I remember looking, and I was like, who is that? And I was like, Kyle Seeger doesn't wear a wristband. Um <laughs> But I do remember in the game before the 10th, uh, Seager had, was running. I think he fouled a ball off his leg. And then when he was chasing after a foul ball, he kind of came up limping. So he might be dealing. Oh, he's dealing with a bone bruise. Yeah, he gave himself a bone bruise. Um, and the team is hoping that, uh, the, that he's able to avoid an injury list with the all-star break and some, some rest days. Um, so I think that kind of opened the door for Cal there. It's not like they necessarily have anybody in the catcher position who's doing horrible. I mean, Luis has been pretty solid on the offensive end. Tom Murphy's the veteran kind of of the group there. Um, but Cal Raleigh is a guy who a lot of people have been clamoring to make his debut, and now he's with the team. So we will see more of him in the second half here, obviously. Uh, Donovan Walton was recalled from AAA Tacoma. Taylor Trammell was optioned. To AAA Tacoma, and if you've been listening to the pod, you know that I am a big supporter of the Tramel train. I was part of the Tramel train after we traded for him, so anybody who says they are the leader of that can piss off. Um, I mean, he's, he's just not been able to put a consistent swing together, even after his stint in Tacoma, you know, um, and he's made some defensive lapses some mental lapses in the outfield. There have been a couple times, a couple instances where Taylor uh, has not called for the ball or not paid attention to a call for the ball in the outfield. And it's see both the times that I've seen this happen, the other player ended up just still holding on to the ball. So, I mean, he got lucky, but you don't want that to happen more than once. Yeah. Um, so now don't, don't take my word for like gold or something. 
but from my understanding, uh, Mr. Kelnick will be joining the team after the All-Star break. I don't know when that will happen, but we may see Taylor take an extended trip to Tacoma, which I don't think will be a bad thing. I think he really showed out in spring training, and that was great, but um, I think you need to really sort of let him get a groove and let him correct some things and just maybe learn from some of those guys down there. Um, Cause they have a, they do have a good, a good staff down there in Tacoma. So I would say just get him down there and hopefully correct some things. Um, and then you say Kikuchi was placed on the aisle uh, for the round of information on the 11th. Now this doesn't matter because it was just a symptom of COVID COVID, not COVID. I don't know what COVID is. Um, but you say is vaccinated. So one, good for you say. Two, um, it was just they were just going to make sure that he was going to be good for All-Star game. And then July 12th, you say was reinstated from the IL. Uh, Donovan Walton was option to Tacoma. Will Vest was DFA'd, which I find interesting. Huh. Um, I haven't seen any news on that yet because today is the 12th. Um, so I guess we'll see if he gets out right into Tacoma. But uh, what Bennett sent us um, was that Yusei was replaced um, by Kitteridge of Tampa Bay. And Kitteridge actually was a Husky. So good for him. Oh. But um, if effectively, the Mariners don't have a rep because Yusei is not going to be pitching, um, which is stupid and annoying. I don't know why he's not gonna rep us because i mean his test was negative so i don't really and he's vaccinated so i really don't get there i think it's just like oh this is an excuse to not have the mariners in the all-star game go ahead just take him out wasn't um, it the Rays manager who decided it oh you're kidding yeah because he's a raised guy yeah and they uh I don't know. There, there was two replacements. They were both Rays. Oh, you're fucking kidding me! <laughs> there you go. Whatever, dude. It's just the All Star game, I guess. But it's so frustrating. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that you say was selected, but annoyed that he doesn't actually get to play in that game. Yeah, and he was really um, forward too. It was cute watching him get all giddy. But I don't know, especially yeah. because you know. I mean, he's, play, he's he gets to play on the same team as uh, he's, he's Shohei. Shohei, and they have a history. They both went mm-hmm. to high school. Uh, not the same time, but you know, there's still that. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It sucks, but at the end of the day, the Mariners have been a club that have been disrespected, and I understand. You know, the perpetual not making the playoffs. I do get it, but. I know it's frustrating for USA because, you know, he's been a guy whose his numbers have been good for the past, like his expected numbers have been good for the past two years. They just obviously expected different than reality. Um, and this year things have finally been able to fall in place. Um, and, you know, I don't know. I feel like an all-star game, uh, like an outing to an extent, because I mean, when you're pitching the all-star game, it's not exactly like it's, um, I don't think it lasts more than an inning, right? You don't really mean inning or two, you know? Um, I don't know. At the end of the day, I'd like to see him be able to top off his first half of that. But that's not how the cards fell into place. Um, MLB draft took place 
uh, the past few days, uh, the first 10 rounds at least. Um, and in the first round, the Mariners with the number 12 pick selected Harry Ford. Um, Bennett said, cue the Indiana Jones music, which, you know, I get it. Um, if you don't get it, Harrison Ford, Harry Ford. Um, what's interesting about Ford is his primary position is catcher. Catcher, yeah. But he can also play second base and center field. So the player comp obviously comes down to Craig Biggio. Um, I was I saw I saw the secondary positions and I saw I saw second base. I was like, okay, I mean that kind of makes sense. And then I saw um, center field. I said, huh. Well, okay. I mean, there's nothing really wrong with uh, throwing some competition out there. No. But I'm, I was just, I know I'm not mad at competition. I'm just like, it's weird to see catcher and then center field in the oh, same you mean. area code. I'm like, hmm. Um, Ford is a 5'10, 18 year old. Um, and the pick was graded as a B by Bleacher Report. Um, so that's another guy that you'll see um, in the farm system. Um, and it will be something to watch. Uh, just because you know this has been I mean it's a 12th overall pick in the draft Um, I know that the MLB draft is always interesting just because not everything always ends up like guys don't always necessarily end up where they're drafted the first time or even sometimes like the second time so um, I don't know I'm interested to see Ford uh, and who knows when we'll see him down the line but certainly um, I don't know I get excited because there was a tweet that he had where somebody was like, some old guy was tweeting at him about bat flips. And he said, he said, cry about it. And I was like, yes, yes. Um, Mariners the, <laughs> with the second pick, the second round pick, uh, the 48th pick, uh, the Mariners selected Edwin Arroyo, who was a shortstop. Uh, in the third round with the 83rd pick, they selected Michael Morales, with, who was a right-handed pitcher. In the fourth round, with the 113th pick, they selected Bryce Miller, who's a right-handed pitcher. Uh, in the fifth round, they selected the another catcher, Andy Thomas. The sixth round, a right-handed pitcher again, Brian Wu. In the seventh round, uh, Colin Davis, who is an outfielder. In the eighth round, the Mariners picked James Parker out of Clemson, who's an infielder. Uh, the ninth round, the Mariners selected Spencer Packard, who's an outfielder. And in the tenth round, to round it out here, the Mariners selected another right-handed pitcher, Jordan Jackson. Um, so a good mix of arms, um, a good mix of pitchers. There's two catchers in there. There's a couple infielders and even a couple outfielders. So a good mix. But I have to be honest, I'm not the best with uh, MLB drafts just because there's so much going on there. And you got guys from high school and college, and they might not necessarily even end up with their team. I know that Ford did end up signing a contract with the Mariners. Uh, the word I saw was slot. So if you know what that means, um, good for you. I just don't know what that means. Um, but that is it for Mariners news. Uh, besides upcoming schedule, we will get to that in a second. Uh, there's a piece of league news. Uh, the MLB is pledging up to $150 million to the Players Alliance in hopes of increasing 
black representation in the sport of baseball. That is something that's interesting to see. Obviously I can't speak on that necessarily. Um, but there have been a lot of efforts in general to, well, I can't say a lot of efforts. There's, there's been efforts to bring more one representation and two interest in the sport of baseball from a younger fan base. Um, and not a lot of what the MLB has done is working. And I mean, if you just look at some of the things that have happened, I could point to some things that have happened throughout the season. Uh, just like uh, Tony La Russa calling out his own player and saying, encouraging the opposing team to hit him uh, when they're pitching stuff like that. I mean, just cause you hit a three Oh ball. That was a meatball from a position player who was pitching, you know, stuff like that's just ridiculous. Um, and stuff like the unwritten rules, people don't care about that nowadays. So that stuff kind of needs to just go in the garbage and never return. Um, but I think that, you know, if you put this money in the right position, if you give it the right opportunity to succeed and you give these younger uh, fans of the game and hopefully eventual players of the game, the right positions to succeed with how, what, you know, $150 million. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things you can do with that. Just, you got to put it in the right spots. Um, that should be a good step. Uh, Bennett, Omari, do we have any thoughts on uh, the MLB putting that much money into the players Alliance for representation of black players in the sport? I mean, I feel like when it comes to baseball, not just baseball, but like, baseball lacrosse like there's certain sports sports wow sports you don't really see people play <laughs> you that became often. a new yorker okay, Chicago. <laughs> sports. sports you just don't see people play that often just because of how like expensive they are like if you think yep. about it it's easy to get into soccer you know it's literally just a ball that's all you need yep that's all you need so like when you look at baseball you know it's more of expensive uh hmm. hobby to put your kids into you know it, it involves you need a bat you need a glove you need a so baseball, like, when you look at it, it's like all those things really cost at the end of the day, you know. So I think that's really dope. You know, I'd love to see more representation, more diversity into uh, baseball as a whole. You know, I think that would probably, like, bring in, like, more popularity with the sport in, like, those communities also. Omari makes a great point, and I, I, I apologize for forgetting that, but he's got a very good point. I mean, if you think about like you were saying, you're thinking about, okay, I got to go get a bat. I got to go get a glove. You know, usually you're going to maybe need a couple of baseballs to play with at home, just if you want to practice, you know what I mean? Um, and then there's some of these guys who ultimately, if you're going to go into the league, you're more than likely going to need to, you know, play uh, these select teams. And there's a fee from, I don't know. I was never a select team. I was never good enough to be on a select team. Um there's a fee for these teams and it's not cheap. So that is a very good point that, you know, if you don't have that kind of money um, at, at the end of the day, it's like, Hey man, it's, it's paying for things that are taking priority in life or pursuing that dream of baseball. And a lot of the times that's where that dream ends. You right. know? Another fact is how much of a team sport it is. Like baseball is 100% like a team sport, you know, mm-hmm. it's really not a one man thing, you know, mm-hmm. you want like football, basketball, fucking soccer, you know, you see players like have ego because, you know, it's not really fully like it's a team sport, but, you know, like you can do a lot on your own. 
there's not much mm-hmm. you can do in baseball on your own, you know? Yeah, no, that makes sense. I mean, if we, if we even take a look at our city and the Mariners, as great as Ken Griffey was and as great as some of the other guys on those, like the 2001 team were, ultimately there were failings in that. And there were parts of the team that weren't able to put it together. That's why there's no super, there's no Super Bowl. There's no World Series title that I can look at, you know, um, that is also a good point. Uh, Bennett? Well, um, I, I'd say that this is obviously a very good idea. This is something that would, if you want to look at the decisions Manfred's making, this is one of the ones that you can stand by and be like, okay, um, this is a good idea. <laughs> very few of his ideas I've actually looked at and said those words. Uh, <laughs> who's to say if this even came from his desk? But you look at baseball as a sport, And one of the beauties of baseball is that it's a international and B it's already a, it's a decently diverse sport uh, to begin with. So if you can increase this diversity and and, and embrace this diversity from a perspective that celebrates um, not just the people you already have in your league with the predominant, you know, percentages, but also look at the underserved communities that you have within the baseball uh, community. Um, I think you start to make strides to making a league that is more interesting for everyone in America. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, nothing gets somebody wanting to watch something than a than than a representative. You know what I mean? Yep. Think about you. You got an entire nation staying up till six a.m. to watch Shohei Otani lose in the home run derby. <laughs> like. And that's the beauty of it. It doesn't even matter that he lost because he, yep. now he he's still a folk hero for the entirety of Japan because, you know, he's just like Ichiro. And you look at that and you think, okay, well, how can we make this an accessible sport for people who, um, for, for black people who might not have that representation on the field? Mm-hmm. You put money into it. You put the effort into it and you make it a more inclusive environment and you get assholes like Mathers out of there and you get Stephen A. Smith to stop. Oh yeah. He just, he said a lot of stupid shit the past few days. And you make this sport the sport for inclusion. I think it already is quite honestly, you look at the MLB, it is way more diverse than the NBA. It is way more diverse than the soccer leagues. It's way more diverse than the NFL for sure. So the MLB has this beautiful I see what you're saying. It has this beautiful opportunity to to strike these numbers of diversity and to really be the champion of diversity in the big three sports in America. See, because I, I, I when I think about it, you know, just like uh, when I scratch the surface, right? And I don't really use my brain. Um, you think, you know, there's a lot of diversity in those sports, but I mean, when you think about baseball, you've got guys from you know, the Dominican Republic, Puerto Rico, Cuba, you know, those, those areas, you've got guys coming over from Japan. Um, forgive me if I'm wrong, but there are those, there's a Korean league. Yeah. Cause Chris Flexen was on the Doosan Bears in Korea, right? And that's uh, Ryan Healy's over there right now. Too. Oh, Jesus. Ryan Healy. Don't even say that name. Uh, you've got guys, uh, Hispanic players. Um, obviously they're Americans, but I mean, to be, uh, I mean, you can always correct me if I'm wrong, 
But outside of a couple guys here and there, there aren't that many uh, Asian players that, I mean, can you tell me an Asian player in the NBA right now? Ooh. Because Jeremy Lin, I think he signed a contract. I think he signed a contract overseas. Um, I mean, I mean, Taylor Rapp is an Asian player in the NFL, but outside of Taylor Rapp. Uh, the kicker for the Falcons? Oh, yeah, Young Way Koo. Oh, yeah, Young Ho uh, Kim Koo. Koo. You, you got two there. And it's just like when you look at that and you look at the MLB and you look at the community that they're not serving really at all, it is the black community. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean, really, when I think that up, I mean, that's this is how you do it. And I yeah. think if, if 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 sports leagues want to start having serious conversations about race, yep. they need to put money, their money where their mouth is. Yeah. I also I think a part of that comes out to like who uh, that community can look up to. You know, there's not exactly. like baseball yes. players like you hear about like Jackie Robinson, but it's more about like not about how good of a baseball player he was. It's about how he was the first. Yeah. And I mean, like, you look at somebody like Griffey, who was such a big cultural icon. Yeah, we have to look at Griffey. And that's not just because he's a manor, just because how many dudes just know Griffey (laughs) because he was the kid and he had that swagger. You know what I mean? And you have him be this person who's breaking the norms of baseball. I mean, he's walking up with his cap backwards. He (laughs) has that swagger. He's cocky. He does not give a shit. He says he's not going to do the home run derby and then goes out and wins it anyways. Like one, three of them. You have this guy who's like, so he's so young and fresh that he's going to get so many viewers in. And when's the last time we had something like that? I mean, I think that's the point. Cause if you look at it, there's so many, like in every sport, there's an era of players where like people can look at, you know, mm-hmm. look up to and aspire to, you know, just looking at basketball, you know, that's one of the most popular sports in the black community. I feel like, but you like, you like, you got Will starting off, you got Magic, you got MJ, you know, you got all these guys for every mm-hmm. decade and there's just so many. And then you look at the young guys now, you know, you got Trey Young, you got John Morant. Yeah. You know, so it's even like going on further for like the next generation. Devin Booker. There's not really that impact right now. And basically, yeah, baseball just doesn't have that. And I mean, like, of course, I mean, Tatis and Otani, these guys are electrifying. And of course, they're the face of the league. And of course, they should be the face of the league. But we should also be thinking about who we're not representing on the field. Well, that and so, okay, take this. Say we do get a player who we're able to call face, right? The MLB already does a bad job of marketing their own players. 100%. Like, you know, okay, we go last year. We don't really factor in Mr. Otani right now, what he's doing. Right. A lot of people don't know who the fuck Mike Trout is. And Mike Trout's like the consummate best player in the league. No idea. And he has been for years and years. No idea. They don't know. See, no fucking idea who this Mike Trout guy is. And he's probably going to be one of the greatest players of all time when it's all said and done. He already probably is. And he um, I mean, look at, I mean, if we really want to focus on this conversation that we're having right now about the MLB looking at uplifting the black community through this funding for the players agency, you got to look at how they marketed Aaron Judge and just mm. the lack of marketing Aaron Judge had. He was the best player in the league, ostensibly, maybe rivaled by Trout, and no one talked about him. He was, he was a thing for a year, right? Pretty much, yeah. And he was on a tear that year, but he was still, I mean, he was an MLB cover, right? He was the show. 
Uh, I got to be honest, I haven't played the show that much. I'm playing it right now, but uh, I th- yeah, he was. I just feel like he they did give him one. I mean, like, but I think he was like the first black cover. Oh, you're kidding! For the show for since like I I think Griffey maybe Ricky Henderson, like it it's been a long time since we've had a a black person be like the center of the league. And when they are, I mean, look at how the MLB markets their players to begin with. So it's, it's a very bad look. Yeah. I mean, at least when I think of, you know, some of the greatest players of all time, obviously, you know, a little biased with Griffey, but I think of guys like Hank Aaron and Bob Gibson, Bob Gibson was a badass. Terry Bonds. I'll give him his credit. I mean, he was a solid guy before the roids. The roids did help um you know so uh, yeah i mean this is a conversation that we can have and the mlb has done so much wrong yeah and there's a reason that it's like oh nobody gives a shit about baseball there are reasons behind that yeah um but i i think that we can all agree that you know put into the right spots and obviously used correctly that money should make a lot of young men uh, should help them, you know, in their futures. Um, and I think it's a good step, but obviously I, like I said, I needed, I need to see it put into the right spots. Um, but I, I think, uh, you know, obviously, and if in a perfect world, that should really help a lot of people. Cause I mean, one, that's a lot of money. Um, but two, like, like we've, like Omari pointed out and brought up, um, baseball is not a cheap sport you know like you said all you really need for soccer is you plop a ball down you've got the ball you're set baseball i mean and even even uh something that to be brought up is the uh playing facilities not facilities but you know the playing fields sometimes these diamonds are not that accessible and even if they are sometimes they're in horrible condition um um so at the end of the day, you can play soccer literally anywhere. You know, you yeah. Can play yeah, you need a ball and a goal. That's it. And like the goal, you don't even necessarily need like a net. Yeah. You just gotta find like a wall or something. And uh, my final thing I'd like to say is when we look at the league, and there there is pay discrepancy between white players and players of color. And if this is making strides to address that as well. I mean, I'd imagine that's what the money is for. Um, I mean, it's 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 one of the biggest questions that need to be answered at the highest level of bas- uh, baseball the the discrep the pay discrepancy between white players and non white players. It is a little ridiculous. I mean, sure, there's going to be like people on Twitter who point out, oh well, this guy and this guy had the biggest contracts ever, and oh well, what about Felix who got paid so much by the Mariners just to do nothing? And it's like, well you can't pick and choose these examples because yeah. that's a player by player basis. If you look at the racial demographics, it is a little embarrassing for the MLB to see that pay gap. So uh, that's my final say on it. If you want to, again, if you want to have these conversations, you have to put the money where the mouth is. And if yep. this is a step towards that, I commend the MLB. That's, that is that's a good point. Cause you know, as, as many promos and statements as you could put up that that's, cool and all but again that's that's just like putting a piece of paper into the wind and counting it as an announcement but it, it does nothing so yes i think that like bennett's saying putting that money out into those communities and putting them into these young men who will 
be the future of this league, no doubt. Um, to see that, uh, that's something that is far more important than any fucking statement or, you know, oh, we stand with these guys. That's great if you stand with them. It'd be great if you, you know, put that money toward the future generations. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good thing. And it's funny that Bennett said that, you know, about uh, Manfred. I don't even, God knows if it was even his idea. Um, but I, I think that was a good conversation that we had because there are a lot of faults. And hopefully this is something that can spur some change uh, with Major League Baseball. Um Uh, The upcoming schedule for your Mariners um, after the All-Star break, which, I mean, lasts a by the time that this is posted on the 13th, will last a whopping three days. (laughs) So I guess enjoy your vacations, guys. Um, The team comes back. They will head down to Anaheim, not Los Angeles. I don't know how many times I need to say it. It's like if the Mariners played in Tacoma. This is my same gripe with like the 49ers and playing in Santa Clara. Um, the will play the angels for a three game series on the road, uh, July 16th, 17th and 18th. And that will be next week for you. Um, Homs, Seattle got to drop it off for Homs. Uh, Homs has your back in the loving big brother kind of way. Our goal is to change the mental health conversation one heart at a time. I always say that there's big things coming for Homs and I have some examples for that. I know that race and the team over there are working on Hom's shoes. They have Hom's socks coming in. There's going to be a bigger shorts drop. I know there was a shorts drop earlier. I missed that because I was taking a nap. I always miss things because I'm taking a nap. Bennett, both of these guys can attest to that. I missed last week's recording because I took a nap. Someone tell me that I'm wrong between you two. Uh, yeah, I think you missed Black Widow because you're taking a nap too. Yeah, see, see what I mean? I miss stuff because I sleep. Not good. Um. But yeah, huh? God. both both of our partners are working on a lot of new stuff for this summer. And it's always like, I have to catch up on these release dates or I'm going to miss it. Um, so go check out, first of all, Homs. We're not at the Maestro break yet. Um, go and check out Homs for me. Uh, it's homsseattle.com. That's all in one word. H-O-M-S. Seattle is all one word. Um, or if that's too hard for you to type in letters into the search bar of your computer or phone, um, just go to our website. Um, it will be under the partners and contact section. There will be a link there that you can click on. Um, if you so want to click on something, um, the Sounders played one game over the past week. Uh, it was July 7th versus the Houston dynamo. They would win two to nothing. Um, and set the MLS record at 13 games, um, for unbeaten, a 13 game unbeaten streak to start the season. Uh, they had tied it uh, in their last match with 12, and now they officially hold that record with 13. Um, eight wins, five draws. Um, player of the game, I would you could give it to either Kellen Rowe or Raul Rui Diaz, but because Kellen Rowe is a 2-5-3 guy um, and he had his first goals as Sounder ever, his first goal since 2018 as a whole in the MLS, um, I had to give it to Kellen Rowe in the 62nd minute. Um, good for Kellen. Uh, been a while and it was good to finally see him get a goal in front of uh, some of his home fans. Um, I don't have any news on the injury front for you. Nico Lodero and Stefan Fry still are unsure about their return dates. New who should be getting closer to a return. Uh, Shane O'Neill, no news on that front. 
Um, I feel like I'm missing something. If I am, I apologize. Uh, but those are some of the major injuries there. And Will Bruin, I mean, he his, he's out for the season, I'm pretty sure. I don't think he's coming back um, after that tear. Usually tears mean bad things. Um, so, as I said, the, the Sounders sit at an eight-win, five-draw, zero-loss record. They are first in the Western Conference once again and first in MLS in the Supporters' Shield race with 29 points. They sit six ahead of Kansas City. So, sporting Kansas City can eat shit. Um, wow. Yeah. Really get that soccer state of mind. I don't. Just- I don't like Kansas City for a multitude of reasons, and we'll touch on that here in a second. But um, there's more Kansas City to come, uh, so keep that locked in the back of your mind. Uh, July 18th, the Sounders will travel to Minnesota to play the Loons in a rematch of the Western Conference Final from last year. Um, Seattle Storm had a three-game slate of Commissioners Cup games. Uh, the first of those being July 7th versus Los Angeles Sparks. They would win that game 71 to 62, a very low scoring affair. Um, player of the game with that for the storm on that front would be forward Brianna Stewart with 27 points, 11 rebounds, one assist, and three steals with a 17 plus minus. Um, and also in this game, Sue Bird reached 3,000 career assists. She's the first player in the WNBA to reach that mark. So big ups for Birdie. Um, that was pretty cool to see. I was kind of surprised, but it kind of is fitting that Sue Bird makes that, uh, that she sets that bar um, as she continues to do so in so many other regards. Uh, July 9th, two days after that, the team would travel. I don't know why I said like travel, uh, travel to Phoenix to play the Mercury uh, for the first of a two game stretch there before the Olympic break. They would lose 85 to 77 uh, for their fourth loss of the season. Uh, player of the game would be Stewie once again with 15 points, 12 rebounds, three assists, and two steals. To speak on Stewie and being um, player of the game so often, there's so many times where there might be somebody who scores more, like Jewel Lloyd might score more. But when I look at the entire stat sheet, uh, Stewie always has like a high number of rebounds. There's always a, like a couple of steals there, a couple of blocks always getting involved on the defensive boards. It, it, at the end of the day, whenever Stewie decides to retire, and hopefully she spends all of her years in storm yellow and uh, yellow and green. I almost said gold. That wouldn't have made sense. Um, she might rival what Birdie has done just because of, one, her trophy case, and two, cool. the pace that she's on. I I think... I mean, I it's like Joe Montana getting followed up by Young. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know if it's a maybe. I think it's just a, 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 a when rather than an if. Um, Looking at two generational talents, they both came through here. So, like, yeah, just, they were like, both UConn Huskies and they were both Seattle Storm members. And hopefully they both finish their careers here. I would be really upset if that changed. But we are very lucky to see that. And it will be great. And this is no dash on Angel of the Winds Arena, but it'll be great to get them in Climate Pledge. Um, as Bennett will note, I was pretty upset that there was no team store at Angel of the Winds Arena. Um, but yeah, I just, 
it's it's always a little mind blowing when I look at the box score and Stewie's always putting in the numbers and it's always hard to just say Stewie's your player of the game. Um, but as we move to the July 11th game versus the Mercury back here at home in Angel Wins Arena, uh, the team would win 82 to 75. So you'll notice here the highest points that this team scored over the past week was 82. That's a little different than the offensive buzzsaw that the Storm have been for years. But, you know, not the end of the world right now. Um, player of the game, I split this here uh, between forward Katie Lou Samuelson with 14 points, four rebounds, one assist, two steals, and a block. She had a pretty – she had a Stewie-esque game there in a way, a mini Stewie, um, as well as with guard Epiphany Prince with 15 points, three rebounds, and one assist off of the bench, might I add. Um, that was a weird game. There was a lot of weird games. All three of those were kind of odd um, just because there was no real like big scoring explosion uh, by any player. A lot of the times, you know, I think in the, yeah, there was no 20 point score in that uh, July 11th game. So it's kind of an odd week. Um, But regardless of that, as we had the team notes here, the storm are your Western conference commissioners cup champions. They will play in the commissioners cup championship game. Uh, I believe mid-August, once the players return from the Olympic break there. Um, and if you have forgotten what the Commissioner's Cup is, essentially what's happening is if the Storm beat whoever the Eastern Conference champion is, um, it's not going to – I don't believe it affects playoffs. All it does is it's a play-in tournament. Uh, no, it's a tournament that whoever wins it at the end of the day gets half a million dollars um, – it's just like an incentive thing uh, to earn more money for your team uh, and for your players. Um, and those wins were all decided through different, uh, different games throughout the first half of the season. Um, just a little thing to add incentive. And the aces were kind of nipping at the heels there for the storm for the commissioner's cup. And even in the regular season standings, uh, but it did not play out that way. The storm are your Western conference commissioner's cup commissioner's cup champions. And they will play whoever represents the East. Also in team notes, Stewie, we keep talking about Stewie, uh, won the SB for best WNBA player. Again, it's it's more of a matter of when Stewie like takes the reins as maybe the greatest player of all time um, rather than if. I don't think there's going to be an if. I think it's just whenever Stewie stops adding to that trophy case because that's a pretty damn big trophy case. Um, as we look at the records at this international uh, Olympic break, the Storm sit at 16 and five, uh, first in the West and first in the league in standings. I believe Vegas is 15 and six, so they're right behind us. Uh, and they do have the tiebreaker in terms of head to head record. But I mean, if you keep winning, you don't have to worry about that. Looking ahead, the next Storm game is not till August 15th um, at the Chicago Sky then the 18th at the New York Liberty and they will play the Liberty again on the 20th. So the storm are kind of going to be omitted from the, uh, the weekly episodes, unless we get different news um, of uh, players being signed to contracts, because I know that uh, I forgot her name. I know that India Jones got signed to a seven day and Oh my goodness. I'm going to feel so bad for forgetting. 
they signed a couple of players to seven day contracts. So there, there could be something like that, but outside of that, we're just going to be sitting here looking at the, the storms in that first in the West and first in the league. Um, so props to the women out there for continuing to kick ass um, and best of luck to team USA. Oh, well, I mean, we do have, I lied to you. I apologize for lying. Bennett, don't let me lie again. Omari, don't let me lie again. Okay. Uh, there is the WNBA all-star week that kind of lines up with the MLB all-star game. I mean, MLB all-star week, uh, Jewel Lloyd will be in the three point contest. So best of luck to Jewel Lloyd there. Uh, team USA will be playing the WNBA all-stars. Uh, so that'll be interesting to see. Um, so before I say best of luck to the team USA, as well as our representatives for Australia and Ezzy Magbagor and Stephanie Talbot, best of luck to Jewel Lloyd in the three point competition. Um, so there we go. Um, Maestro Athletics, just today, Maestro announced, well, they didn't technically announce it. It was more of a reveal. Uh, they have several different Sonics and Mariners hats coming out. And, geez, my money, my money's just coming into the bank account and then right back out. Um, I would go check out Maestro. Um, I believe they just dropped their new hoodie and sweater release of their logo. Um, and they've got those new hats coming. So I would check them out for that. That will also be on the website. If you do not want to punch things into your search browser manually, um, under partnerships and contact under my Astro athletics, just click the link where it says link, uh, Seattle Kraken. I was initially going to say there was no news until the expansion draft on July 21st, but that is a lie. There's a preseason schedule that we got released. Um, uh, 926, the team will play the Vancouver Canucks at home in air quotes at Spokane Veterans Memorial Arena. Then for two days later on the 28th of that month, they will play the Edmonton Oilers on the road. The next day, they'll play the Calgary Flames on the road. Uh, they will come back um, uh, 10-1 versus the Edmonton Oilers at the Angel of the Winds Arena in Everett. I know how much Bennett loves Everett. Uh, the next day, they will play Calgary again in the excess, the, the Showwear Center in Kent. And then to wrap up the preseason, uh, they will play the Vancouver Canucks on the 5th of that month. Um, I believe that's on the road. Yeah. So there will be three different games that the team plays in air quotes at home. They'll just be at in Spokane in Kent and in Everett. So that's kind of interesting that they're doing that um, playing in those different um, hockey arenas there. Uh, looking ahead, as mentioned, the expansion draft is on July 21st. I believe that the, um, the lists have to be in either on the 17th or the 19th. Let me make sure hundred percent on that, but we're getting pretty close. I remember a couple of months ago, it was just like, Oh, you know, we've all we've got to look forward to is um, the expansion draft. And it was months away um, expansion draft. Okay. Teams can protect eight skaters and a goalie or seven forwards, three defensemen and a goalie. Kraken must select one player from each of the 30 NHL teams, excluding Vegas. The protected lists are available at 7 a.m. on July 18th. Picks are then revealed at 5 p.m. on July 21st. 
at least 14 forwards, nine defensemen, and three goalies will be picked. Other four can be any position they want. So that will be very interesting. Um, so I was wrong. I said the 17th or the 19th, the predicted lists become available. It was right in the middle on the 18th. So there you go. Um, okay. Oh, rain. Regular season game here. July 11th versus Kansas City NWSL. Remember, I said Kansas City. Uh, the team would win two to nothing off of Bethany Balser's brace. Bethany Balser gets two goals there. Um, one off of a bad pass from the Kansas City D line. Uh, I shouldn't say D line, I said back line because they're different. Um, Boats was able to get a rebound there and then volley it in for the first goal in the third minute of the game. Um, and then a little bit later on, on another another cross from Sofia Huerta finds Bethany Balser's head for the header. Uh, both of those goals in the first half, and the team was able to beat Kansas City. And to be fair to Kansas City, they are the worst team in the league. They only have the three points. So I mean, I guess um, I guess it's not exactly the most impressive thing in the world, but it is nice to get back in the win column. Um, the injury report for that match: uh, Ali Watt was out. Uh, she's still dealing with her knee injury. She's still recovering from that and surgery. And Rosie illness, Rosie White um, has been recovering from a chronic illness, um, and she's still dealing with that. That's undisclosed. Nobody was listed as questionable. And Nicole Mamiki, Angelina Quinn, Megan Rapino, and Roosevelt were out on international duty. So you won that game without some pretty big pieces, which is impressive. Um, but if you want a more in-depth and full recap of that game, uh, it will be under the most recent blog um, and also as well as under the soccer blog tab um, in blogs on the website. So the team record, the team is three, one, and five, three wins, one draw, five losses. They're ninth in the league, so with 10 points, but they are one point behind eighth place. It's funny with the NWSL because the number one team in the league is only separated uh, by three points between the seventh team in the league. There's only a three-point difference. That's one win there, um, which is interesting to look at. The next match, oh, boy. Okay, I thought I completely covered everything this week. I did not. I forgot to put in the next match. Terrible. Uh, the next match is July 18th at 3 p.m. in Chicago against the Red Stars. Who even likes Chicago? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, I love Chicago. Uh, <laughs> Red Sox, uh, Fire, Bears hate the Cubs. White Sox. Why do you hate the uh, Cubs? Why? Why is it? Why did hate's a very strong word? I don't know. I just don't like Cubs fans. Uh, you know. said you hated like the entirety of Kansas City, Chuck. I did. <laughs> I mean, maybe they have good barbecue. I haven't witnessed it myself. Um, that's the only thing on the line to save Kansas City, the barbecue. Pretty much. That Patrick Mahomes guy and his um, ketchup addiction, you know, that's cool and all, but, you know. Um, so you just don't like Missouri either? or Okay. What else is in Missouri besides Kansas City? St. Louis. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Fuck St. Louis and fuck the old Rams. Hey, fuck their fuck fans. You know I, can, I can run with fuck the old Rams, but... I can also rock with fuck St. Louis. <laughs> um, Not for sports reasons, but I fully agree. I have another gripe. I have another gripe. Uh, in the match, 
between Kansas City and the rain. So um, there's this like seafoam green teal color, right? Yeah. Uh, it's not quite turquoise. It's more of a seafoam green. Okay. The Kansas City had those color socks, but they had bright red, like Chiefs red jerseys and shorts. What? That's a that's a terrible combination. Why? Honestly, if they just stuck with either one, I'd be fine with that. That's your beef with the whole city? No, that's one of the beefs. That, that's included in all the other things that I don't like about Kansas City. Okay. I, I don't like Kansas City. Um, but and moving on. Sorry. Just to that in there Missouri, Missouri is sorry. I'm sorry. It's, Missouri is trash. I'm sorry. Uh, no supersonics news. Sad face. Uh, no dragon stuff. I actually saw, I lied. I think that XFL is looking at 2023 for an official launch, which sucks because I was initially told when Dwayne and his ownership group bought the XFL that they were aiming for 2022. That was, that was the original plan. Yes. So I don't know what is delaying it. Maybe they're trying to get Dwayne in game shape and game shape so he can play. But uh, that's that's a little annoying because well, I would have liked. There was a lot of sorry to cut you off, but I know there was a lot of rumors of a merger with the CFL. Yeah, but we mentioned that the partnership got cut off. Uh, but that ended, which I think hurt their. Family. Oh, oh, I see. Like huh. a wasted resource on that prospective merger. So I think that's why they've delayed the league, probably to find another partner to help pay for it. I would guess. Hmm. Huh. Detective Bennett on the case. We will keep an eye on it for that. That will be interesting to see. Um, hmm. Okay. Well, outside of uh, my trusty XFL reporter there, uh, the last piece for the week, um, the Huskies picked up a commitment in three-star edge rusher Lance Holtzclaw. First of all, you don't see too many dudes. You don't hear too many dudes named Lance, but then Holtzclaw. That'll look cool on a jersey, I guess. Um, He announced his commitment to Washington a couple weeks after he took a visit to campus. So another edge rusher there, hoping that uh, the coaches are able to turn another pass rusher uh, into another beast at Washington out of just a couple of the guys there. Um, But that's that's all I've got for the week. Um, I the Seahawks basically nothing i mean training camps back that's kind of expected considering where we're at in the state with vaccination and uh, mask mandates uh mariners i feel like they're at a good spot like bennett said i feel like they're ahead of schedule we had a good discussion about the mlb itself and representation and how they use um some of their players uh and amari brought up a good point that i forgot about how expensive that sport is which is a great point and is a Pretty big driving force. Um, the Sounders gain another win and continue to remain unbeaten. Knock on the wood time. Uh, the Storm pick up two or three. No. Yes. Yes. Two out of three. Um, and head into Olympic break, which will suck uh, because we won't hear about them for a month. Um, the Kraken inch closer and closer. We are doubled. No, we are under double digits, boys. We are in single digits. Um to getting our legitimate players on the team outside of the one dude that we signed. Um, 
the rain got in the wind column again and will look to repeat their successes against Chicago in Chicago. Uh, last two times we played the Red Stars, we beat the Red Stars. That's all I'll say. Um, I went on a tirade against Kansas City and Missouri and St. Louis. Um, fully agree. Fully agree. That's that's all I've got. Unless any of you guys have anything that you'd like to drop off. Not really. No, I don't think so. Uh, Bennett's recording a studio album. That's where he's been all the time. So look out for that uh, coming here soon. It's called I Love Chris Flexen. Um, we will have all-star. No, yes. Midi's half year uh, midway point review of the Mariners there. Um, that's all I've kind of got in the slate outside of the normal stuff for the week. Um Everybody, please encourage Omari to help us get Untitled Comic Podcast back up and running. Oh, God, you're grilling him on air. <laughs> uh, Yo, chill out, chill out, chill out. <laughs> we will be back on the 20th uh, for the 86th. No, 85th. Cause, oh, wait, no, this is the 85th. 86. 86. No, the 86th 86. is going to be the interview this week. Oh. The 87th uh, episode of the podcast. Uh, regardless of that, uh, since I, I, I was mean to Omari, I'm going to let Omari tell me his favorite thing he did this week. Uh, I went to Mexico. I was in a Puerto Vallarta. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I asked Omari to write an article, and he's like, yeah, I'm kind of in Mexico right now. I was like, oh. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. <laughs> so, uh, everybody. Phone. That, was, that was also Omari. We will see you next week on the 20th. Uh, Bennett, uh, make a pleasant noise. Uh. Baba Booey.